and hello and welcome back to another episode of break room banter it is a hairstylist adjacent podcast where each week two friends who also happen to be hairstylists. Break down our weeks in the break room. I'm your host, Hunter Walden. And I am your hostess, Erica the Red. And today we have a new but returning guest <laughs> <laughs> with us, Lisa Huff. Thank you again for doing this the second time with us. For I think we've talked about it on the podcast that we recorded with Lisa and um, we had some technical difficulties. Yes. So we're back for round two. Every week we start off with our peaks and our pits. This week is no different. I've got some doozies. You go first because I need time to think. Okay. So well, I mean, I, I don't really have a doozy of a peak, but oh. my pit is pretty pretty doozy. So my peak is that one of my best friends from college mm-hmm. got married, mm-hmm. and it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was so sweet. It was the first wedding I've actually ever attended. Really? Yeah. Um, and so I, so, sorry, distractions. So I did her hair Mm -hmm. and then had to come back, pick up Bradley and then go back. Um, it's really far from here to, um, where the wedding was, Columbia, Tennessee. Okay. I didn't think it was that far. For some reason I was like, oh, it's just like right by Franklin. It was really far. (laughs) So I should have packed clothes. Whoops. Um, but that was my peak. And then my pit, it's not really my pit, it's Bradley's pit, mm-hmm. but I'm going to talk about it because I've been having panic attacks all week. Yeah. Um, so Bradley, my partner, last week sometime was bitten by an unknown insect question mark. Mark, yeah. Um, <laughs> there is a bite. There, on yeah. his wrist, like right here, if you're watching, it's, or if you're not watching on YouTube, it's like on his wrist, like yeah. above his hand, just above it. Um, And so he told me a couple days later, he was like, I don't want you to freak out, but I think I was bitten by a spider. And he shows it to me, and it's like a welt, mm-hmm. definitely a bug bite, right? Nothing to be too, too concerned about. But then the next day, his hand was swollen. And, like, if you watch the coronation and you saw King Charles's hands, like, it looked like that. Like, red, swollen, dry, kind of like. The fact that that's what you described it as, though. I've been calling him King Charles all week. So, but still, he was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, that's so insane. Bradley. Yeah. Well, he, in his <laughs> mind, he was allergic to whatever bit him. Like, that's all it was. Some spiders are, like, deadly. Right. <laughs> There's only, like, I don't know, black widows and brown recluses here in the state. Like, yeah. maybe we should take this seriously. Yeah. Yikes. And he was in a basement. So, like, the whole thing happened... In his I boss's been at basement. The hospital. The minute I saw there was a bug bite on me. Well, God. Bradley thought he was tough, and so, so he, is he good now. Well, that's where it keeps going. <laughs> so we went to a wet the wedding. His hand was swollen, but he had to take acetaminophen because it was swelling, mm-hmm. and he's allergic to acetaminophen, so it makes him like almost pass out. And so he was feeling that way, 
at the wedding. So I was like, got to go. Let's go home. The next day, which was yesterday, or next day he was fine, which was Sunday. Next day, which was yesterday. Yeah. He was outside. He and I both were outside all day. We were working in the yard, doing whatever. He was working on my car. And he comes to the back door, and he does not look okay. I mean, his face is white, like hollow under his eyes. And he's like, like his whole body is shaking. And like visibly so from across the yard, from the back door. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so he was like, I don't want you to freak out. I think I'm okay. Yeah. But we need to go to the hospital. And so we went to the hospital. We went to the urgent care Mm -hmm. and checked in, whatever. The doctor comes in. And keep in mind, this whole time he's been saying he's fine. And the doctor comes in and he takes off his cardigan to show his arm. And she goes, oh, my God. Immediately, my heart is, like, in my stomach. I'm like, they're about to amputate his arm. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) In the back of my mind, it's like a from-the-shoulder-down situation. It's got to (laughs) go. Oh, no. Because yesterday, his arm was disgusting. Like, it looked like he had been poisoned. Like, where the bite was, you could see... You still can today, but you can see his veins, and it's like a bruising effect that goes all the way up his arm on the top, and on the bottom, it's like a huge rash from wrist all the way up to, like, his armpit area. That is so terrifying. Mm-hmm. So he's on, he took a, he had a shot, he's on, like, some topicals and all of that, um... But she said, we're going to treat you for everything possible, MRSA, staff, anything oh that could possibly yeah. happen. Is there any lesson there? Like, does he know now that next time he needs to go in sooner, or does he still not get that? Uh, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say that he probably didn't learn a lesson. That's, yeah, it's that's Bradley. <laughs> he is a man at the end of the day. <laughs> because if I, if I got bit by something, would I go to the doctor? Probably not. Mm. I'm fine until my leg is falling off. I mean, off. I can't really say too much. I thought I was having a heart attack for a week before I went to the doctor. Scary. <laughs> that I is can't true. Talk to, well, that would have scared me that I would have gotten to the doctor. Yeah. All right, Lisa, go ahead. What is your peak in your pit? I was thinking while you were telling that because I forgot that we were doing this. So mine... <laughs> I'm like a little embarrassed. It's such an obnoxious, obnoxious thing to share, but I don't know if you guys saw my post from yesterday, but on Sunday, I did some crazy ass shit. <laughs> um, we saw. I read a book, okay, I read a book a month ago called The 12-Hour Walk, and I would highly recommend the book, and um, so all day Sunday, I was outside walking, and I would say that my peak was probably hours one through six it was very 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 enjoyable it was incredible it was like an amazing white space experience which I know we talked a bit about white space last time yeah. um it was an amazing white space experience the final hour to two hours was <laughs> so incredibly hard and painful I yeah all of my, feet. my hips hurt so bad yesterday but I'm already feeling better yeah so I feel like extremely accomplished and obviously when you do something like really hard and crazy like I walked 26.8 miles on Sunday which is just 
So I might have missed this while I was getting the podcast kitty out, but was the, was it like a challenge for yourself? Like mentally, like I can do anything if I can walk for 12 hours kind of thing. I don't know if that's really it. So if you read the book, it's really fascinating. Colin O'Brady, the author of the book has done like crazy world records. Um, and the, he came up with the concept of the 12 hour walk when he was walking across Antarctica by himself, unassisted, for two weeks, dragging like a thousand pound sled. It's a wild story, but he's done all sorts of crazy shit. He climbs Mount Everest, he does crazy shit like that. But the story was basically, long story short, every day he was walking for 10 hours, but he was also like racing somebody in this Antarctica thing. I don't Mm -hmm. don't know. Um, And so he was going for 10 hours every single day and he like called his wife one day on like one of those crazy radios. Um, at the end of his night and he said something about how he was just not going to make it or something like that and she's like well can you just like go a little bit longer he's like I can only go for 10 hours a day that's all I can do blah 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 next day the guy and him were like neck and neck and he ended up going for 12 hours blah 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 it's like this whole story um so it's I don't think that this walk is at all supposed to be like if you could do that you can do anything I think the push behind it is very like meditative because another thing with the walk which I didn't say this is you have to be a hundred percent unplugged. Your phone has to be on airplane mode. You cannot listen to music. You cannot listen to podcasts. You can't listen to audiobooks. You can't text anybody. You cannot have any input. You can't even like read a book. It's supposed to be you with your brain, which we talked about this last time. So I was very intrigued, of course, when I saw the book with white space happening inside of the collective. I was just like, I gotta go for it. Um, so I think more so that you can accomplish anything. It's like what comes up when you're quiet for that long and you're alone with no input for that long? Um, I think that's the point of it more so than anything else. Because you can take as many breaks as you want, but it's still fucking hard to walk for that long. Yeah, that is so interesting. And Erica's taken notes, so she also finds it interesting. Even if you don't do it, just read the book. It was like, I'm like, 12-hour walk. Like, that that could be cool. That could be cool. And then you're like, no music, no podcasts. I'm like, oh. I know. I don't, even when I'm in nature, I still have music in my headphones. Yeah. Erica, I'm the same way because I love listening to podcasts. I love learning new things. I never go anywhere without listening to something in my headphones. It was a whole day. I literally, I wrote a blog post about it because I journaled the whole time. Uh I was doing a lot of output while I was doing it. And I put all my journal entries into a blog post. It was, I felt like I was on vacation. Like things that I drive by every single day looked entirely different to me because I was so present in the moment. Uh Like I didn't realize how stunning the landscape was on this place that I drove by every day. Because even with headphones in, you're just like learning and Mm -hmm. absorbing. I was just like people watching and like, I don't know. It was, it was a really cool experience. And I would at least recommend a six hour walk was blissful. Like I loved every moment of the first, honestly, eight and a half hours. After yeah. that, I got really, really hard. Yeah. <laughs> Truthfully. Dang. Yeah. Well, I don't, my peak is listening to your guys's peaks. 
Well, she didn't give her pit. Oh, okay, good. No, I said that was both. I said oh, the first six yeah. hours was the beach. The pit was the last two hours. Oh, they were I missed that yeah, part. Her yeah, hips hurt real bad. Which that's what I was thinking is like I'm just thinking those last couple hours. You're probably exhausted at that point, and you're just like, oh my god. Uh, yeah. It made me think about, like, you know, even when you're driving, you know, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, those last two hours are the longest, but then you're walking it. Oh, my gosh. That's probably torturous. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't really have a peaker of it. Let's see. I got my renewal letter for my lease. Is that a peak or a pit? It's a pit. They just want so what? much more, like, rent prices, just they just rise. Yeah. And I'm like, this apartment is not even worth, I'm paying it right for it right now. Like, I'm not going to pay an extra $200 a month. Heck no. Yeah, dude. $200 yeah, in one dude. year. Yeah. Yeah. I literally just, because I was curious, looked at the complex that I lived in in Seattle when I lived up there, like, by myself, my little apartment. They want less than I was paying for it now there oh and then i look at my apartment it's literally like double almost double double the size i'm like why am i moving with the freaking rent increase trends like (laughs) is that like a nashville thing is nashville really popping off really yeah and especially murfreesboro where we live because it's more like family like and it's a college town too so yeah she has the disadvantage of her lease like move out move in date aligns perfectly with the college's move in move out dates Mm -hmm. so her rent obviously goes way Way up up. right when it's over because that's whenever people are moving in and they know they can get the most money people will pay that price yeah Yeah. exactly and especially when you get down to that last because my lease is up on the 19th of august which is like right before Mm -hmm. right after right around school starting i don't know what time colleges start here but Mm -hmm. um so i was just like Ugh, I don't know. I'm just frustrated about it. So I'm probably gonna have to move again, but whatever. It's fine. You're good at moving. I'm a professional mover. I am. So <laughs> that's my pit. And then Well, maybe that's your sign to get your RV, Erica, and, girl, and go trust. Home. I already thought about this too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell her about it. Mm-hmm. Tell her about herself. Mm-hmm. Um So yeah. So today we are re-recording the episode with Lisa and we are just curious about who Lisa is as a person mm-hmm. and who um and what you what it is that you're creating the space that you're creating online. Um so let's start out with the first first one, who is Lisa Huff? For people who don't know you, how would you describe yourself? Yeah. Um I live in Central Illinois. I'm a mom. I have two kids ages 7 and 10. I am a wife. My husband Ryan and I have been together since 2010, 13 years, been together a long time. Oh, wow. um, I am a studio suite owner. I work behind the chair two days a week because I love having my hands and hair. And mm-hmm. then I am the founder and creator of Silas Whole Tribe, which is my program I have been running online for the last almost five years. Um, and my mission in that is just to create connections and sisterhood inside the industry. Um, and through that, I mean, I've, I've impacted and they have impacted me. Um, I've just been really getting to know and, um, work with a lot of, a lot of stylists in the industry, uh, through masterminds, through online coaching, 
Um, and I just want to like have everybody live their best life and like build their best business that they can and like have everything they want. And I just love like holding space for those conversations to take place. Um, obviously I don't know all the answers to make that happen for everybody, but I have seen that it's really powerful that if you just bring a bunch of people together that think the same way and want bigger and better things, really cool conversations come from that and it's a cool place to be. Which I love because, um, when I came across your page, I think it was Stylist Soul Tribe that I came across first, actually. Yeah. Um, and I liked some posts, whatever, and then we decided to get you on the podcast. So until we had you on the first time, that <laughs> um, I was really under the impression that you were more of like a coach, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And after we had recorded that episode, obviously, we kind of understood that a little bit better, that it's not a coaching. It is like... Yeah a think tank brainchild more just like driven strong women like encouraging and bouncing ideas off each other and like I don't know I just think that's really cool because it's like you're not just paying for like one person's yeah mental input you know you're paying yeah. for like this community which brings it so much more value mm-hmm. i think yeah so like you're pointing that out that that was what the impression that it gave you when you came along um the page so it's good for me to know but i do a lot of coaching in there uh-huh. um open my mouth more than yeah, i yeah, probably yeah. should and i find myself coaching but i really try to just hold space as much as i can mm-hmm. because um two brains are one better than one and a hundred brains are better than yeah. two so I know that I don't know it all and I just think um different perspectives and life advice and wisdom is really important totally to which I I appreciate and, and and again I didn't mean it like a bad thing I just thought that you know yeah. it's kind of everybody seems to be a coach or you know what I mean whatever yeah. um but like I said I really like how it is so much more than mm-hmm. than that it's a community so well Absolutely. and i love the fact that so i am in the process of looking for a coach for facilitation to like get up on that next level of facilitating controlling the room mm-hmm. all of the things learning all about adult learners which mm-hmm. is what i'm trying to grow in right yeah. and these coaches are charging so much money. And when I say so much money, I'm talking like upwards of $500 for 15 minutes. Damn. 15 minutes. You mean to tell me I'm going to get $500 of knowledge in 15 minutes? I was flabbergasted flabbergasted and these were all like I got a list of recommended coaches like these were the ones that were recommended for me to mm-hmm. take coaching from to move forward to the next step dang Hunter, are you seeking out in our industry or you're talking about like outside the industry uh coaches that you were recommended um currently it's inside the industry because once again it was all referred coaches that like some I had a meeting with um a company who like represents hairstylists and 
educators and things. And they said that it would be advantageous of me to take some coaching on facilitation to really develop my own personal style Mm -hmm. and all of those things. And then they offered, these are the ones that we know are good coaches. And so as I was looking through them, not all of them were 15 minutes for 400 to $500, but most of them, if it were, if it was more than 15 minutes, it was more than a thousand dollars. Dang. That's a lot. And so I love the fact that you have this mastermind group, this Mm -hmm. think tank that you could get all of that coaching for your monthly, quarterly, or annual price. Yeah, it just kind of does eventually feel kind of like gatekeeping. And, uh, you know, almost like, what is the price you have to pay? To I don't know. And that's why, and I'm not talking bad about any of that. I think if you have the demand yeah. on your time is high enough, and that's what makes people stop filling your books up with one-on-one coaching is that price. Like, I get that. That's the same as behind the chair. However, um, I am very passionate about, like, I don't want to ever control the conversation. I don't think there's one right answer or anything mm-hmm. like that. So I, I, I see what you're saying, Hunter, in the value of what happens when all these people who have lived similar, you know, um, career paths or are in a similar industry or have the perspective of, okay, maybe there is someone who is doing coaching in a group, but then maybe there's also someone who's just a consumer who would pay for coaching and mm-hmm. like they have different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Well, you yeah. Get the beginner and the, wisdom and the outside devil's advocate thoughts. And it's, I don't know. I think there's something to a well-rounded totally. of ideas. Well, and it kind of, it reminds me of like this, like, um, let me choose my words here. The environment that I guess that I always look for, like if I'm moving to a new salon or when I think of like a happy, healthy salon culture, it's like you can bounce ideas off of anyone. Everybody's got a different perspective. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you're like, okay, have a client and you're like, what would this, how would I do this? And I'll go ask Hunter and then maybe I'll go ask somebody else and then maybe I'll go ask somebody else and they all have a different perspective of how they would go about it. And then I kind of take that and make it my own. Yeah. Remember, oh, yeah, that's a good point she made. That's a good point he made. Th- okay, I like that. I've got all these different ideas. Now I'm going to go with it and make it my own. Mm-hmm. And then kind of like that's how it, when we were talking last time, that's kind of where I was like, okay, wow, this is really actually really freaking cool. And not that I have gone through – any or all coaching or, you know, mastermind groups out there, but I don't really know of anything quite like this, which I think is pretty cool. So like when you were putting this together, stylist soul tribe together, where did like, where did it come from? Where did the idea come from? What did it look like putting this together and actually going ahead and facilitating it without the support of this group that you have now created? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was back in like 2018 is when it it first formed and it was very different than it does now, but I was just, I mean, crushing it behind the chair in some terms, but also like drowning in other terms. I'm super busy. I was obsessed with building my business and I just was like really into personal growth and development. If you guys can't tell, I'm kind of into that. And I just kept hearing all these like authors and podcasters and all these big name people talk about how they have these masterminds and they go to these, you know, mastermind events and they, you have to be the dumbest person in the room and you're the sum of the five people you surround yourself with. And like all these quotes about community. And I just was like, does that exist for me? Like I'm not making millions of dollars. I'm working behind the chair, but like 
I could talk for hours about the things that I'm doing behind the chair um, and it didn't exist. So I just put a little call out on social media and I was like, I really want a mastermind. I really want um, a place where we cannot, where people care as much as I do are interested in being part of this. Does that exist? Are there other people out there like me that want to talk regularly um, and just like continue to work on evolving ourselves and getting better and better. Um, and that was a post in November of 2018. And I think I had 15 people from that point uh, say like, yeah, I'm in. I was hoping to get five. And so from that, that really was like validation that I was, I was kind of onto something. Um, and then I've just slowly grown it from there and it's gone up and down and there was harder parts where it kind of fizzled out a little bit, but wasn't dead yet. And I kind of just kept feeding the fire and trying to learn and grow and get it better and better and better. And right now we're sitting at like just over a hundred members. Um, I've evolved it to where there's some tiers to it, um, in order to be more scalable and have a lower price option for people who just get to know me and can come in and, and check out the collective. So that's how it started and kind of how it's evolved into one, what it is today. I love that. Yeah. I like what you said about, um, the fact that it took so long to build and how it fizzled out. And mm -hmm. like, we're talking about it today because it is the, I'm in my opinion, a behemoth yeah. of what it is because <laughs> I mean, 105 people might not sound like a lot yeah. of people, especially like when you're in a position that you are in where you've seen it go from mm -hmm. zero to a hundred people. But if a hundred people were in a room, yeah, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I was in a room with like 75 people this weekend and I was overwhelmed. Yeah. So I I just love and appreciate and I want to acknowledge the fact that it didn't happen overnight mm -hmm. and that you've been working on this since what year did you start this? 2014? 2018. So, 18. 18. so it'll be five years, which in, in some perspective, that's really not a lot of time, but, um, yeah, it depends on how you look at it. And also, I totally relate to what you're saying with that hunter. I'm hosting my <laughs> retreat next week. It's one week from today. And I have 40 people from Soul Tribe coming to Chicago. And this is my third retreat I've ever done. So I kind of know what I'm doing. But I get so terrified every time they come. I mean, that is a lot of people. That's a lot of pressures, a lot of energy, a lot yeah. of personalities. So I don't think 100 is a small number. Like that does freak me out that 100 people are invested <laughs> in my idea, that mm -hmm. want to hear my thoughts, that are into what I'm doing. So um, I completely agree. And then just to touch, and so it did stick out to you about like the fizzle out points. Obviously, I remember in the very beginning, there was some times where I'd like have somebody join. Price was much lower back then. Um, and I remember one girl specifically was just like, girl, there's just like not anything here. I'm going to quit. Like there's not much structure to it. Like, yeah, we're meeting, but like, it's not really worth it. And I'm like, okay. And like, obviously in my head that like crushed me. So from there, I was like, okay, I need a bigger, I need more of a foundation. We need things that we can lean on. Like what is the regular like contents of this experience? Um, and then I remember also in 2020 when the world shut down, we all remember that well, um, we just bought this house that I live in now and we like drained our savings to put our down payment down. And then um, all these stylists were out of work. And in my head, I was like, everybody's gonna drop this. Like this is a, that's a disposable income kind of thing. Like this is gonna be the one thing that they're not working, they can't do. And um, I was terrified. And actually I feel like 
COVID was one of the best things that ever happened to Soul Tribe. That was actually one of my bigger launches I've ever had because we just started meeting super regularly. We were talking like two, three times a week because none of us were working and we were all panicking and losing our shit. Um, so it actually ended up being a good thing. But what I told myself when people were slowly kind of dwindling, I was like, if I even have one person invested in this, paying for this, I'm not giving up. I'm just going to keep doing it. If I truly get down to zero, I'm going to move on to something else. I mean, I maybe got down to like 40 at that point. I was never going to get down to zero. But uh, the fact that you acknowledge that, Hunter, I just want to talk about that. Not whether it's coaching or whatever it is for anybody. It may look like a, a massive thing now, but there's been many times where I'm like, is this the end of it? Like, has this seen its way, you know, seen its entirety or not? Um, and I just keep pushing. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. That's I, awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely had moments like that with the podcast even, yeah. like, Oh my gosh, it takes hours and mm. hours and hours for one 45 minute episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, why am I doing this? No one cares. Right. And then mm. actually, people actually do care. So it's encouraging when people like leave you the comments and mm -hmm. like, oh, this helped me. Or honestly, it's encouraging when people say, hey, you probably shouldn't have said that. And yeah. like, <laughs> right. It's such a learning experience for us mm -hmm. um, and like a growing experience that we're able to take part in this. Yeah. I think you can also relate that to behind the chair too. Like we've all been in those positions where totally. we're not getting any new client requests as we usually do. And we're like, okay, is this it? Am I right. going to have to find a different job? And it's like, that's just when you lean on to If I have two, three, four regulars that are pre-booking their appointments that want to come see me. Don't give up on this. You know, that is all you need. And you got to keep feeding the fire and eventually it will kind of grow and be self-sustaining again. I think it, it can go for so many things in life, the same, the same thought. Well, I think it kind of brings a lot of things together that we've been talking about lately because, I mean, it your cycle of success – it is a cycle. It's cyclical. You know, yeah. you achieve one goal and then you can get stagnant again. You got to keep moving on. Right. But then also yeah. like we as a podcast, we try to really focus on, you know, when you screw up and you're the problem, like pay attention to that because it's not that you're bad. It's that you have room to grow. And if you take that, you can grow. And then it also brings into my mind a lot of like lesson that I feel like in my own life and in my own career I'm like thinking about right now which is like a lot of times I'll put in work and then it's like not paying off so I'm like all right but really you're giving up like right before the payoff comes you know and then you start back at one and then you give up again and you go back and then you're not necessarily doing a cycle of success but a bunch of backwards semicircles <laughs> Well, it's the so, analogy of like producing seeds too. I say that a lot when I'm coaching is like when you're doing things now and it feels like you should get the payoff, bless you, Hunter. Um, and it feels like you should get the payoff immediately. Just remember that you're like planting seeds that need room. Mm -hmm. And six months from now, you may see some of the fruit of that. Yeah. But I think what you're saying is people just like ditch that idea before those like buds have even popped up. Mm -hmm. Um and that analogy, I think, is helpful. And that's, I think, if you just do, like, one tiny thing every day or every week that is just, like, planting a little seed that's going to help your future self and what your goals are, the compound of that is I very helpful. I, mm -hmm. I lean on that thought often. I like it. That led me into a morbid thought of a video I watched today. Because you so. said, like, um, wow, 
I forgot morbid. what you said, but the morbid thought is, um, oh, it's it's a cumulative, right? Yeah. Like you see the effects six months later. So mm-hmm. I was watching this video today. And it was about, like, nicotine and how, like, doctors back in the day, they used to even tell pregnant women to smoke. To smoke, yeah. And, like, it's fine. Smoking is fine. And then 50 years later, Mm -hmm. we see smoking is actually killing people, so let's maybe not do that anymore. Yeah. Well, this girl was talking about vaping and how, like, it's not even been around for 15 years yet Mm -hmm. like imagine the effects and like the people that are dying from vapes in the next 20 years and I was like I need to quit vaping (laughs) immediately um as I sit here with two vapes in my lap but you should should quit (laughs) Lisa's like you should quit you should go (laughs) ahead you should go ahead and do that but (laughs) but it is it's like everything in life has a cycle yeah. And whether it's that morbid thought of the nicotine video mm-hmm. or your career, like you're going to have those moments of working and not seeing that payoff until mm-hmm. six months, one year. And like I used to never believe when people would say, well, if you stayed in the same place for more than a couple years, you'd do something. But it's so true <laughs> now true. being at the salon mm-hmm. for four years, like I don't have anywhere to put new guests. I mm-hmm. don't have anywhere to put guests that cancel their appointments and need to get in the next week. I don't have room for any of that because I've stayed at the same place for the last mm-hmm. f- working on four years now. And my clientele knows where I am. Mm-hmm. They're not having to se- search for me. One of your clients came in yesterday looking for you and bought product. Love that. She I want to give you a hug. Oh, how there. sweet. I was not there. Nope. She knew where to find you. Right? Yeah, because she knew where to find me. Exactly. <laughs> I don't, I was going to say, what else you got? <laughs> I was, I think maybe we should touch on um, the circle of success, cycle of success a little bit, um, just because I feel like we remember what we talked about last time. So I feel like we're going a little bit different direction this time, but I do want to touch on that because I want everybody to hear about it. Yeah, Totally. But before we do that, you talked about your retreat. So I want to know a little bit about your retreat. So what does a Stylist Soul Tribe retreat entail? When is this podcast going out? This will be out in two weeks. So it'll be after. It'll definitely be after your retreat. Okay, then I'm going to go ahead and give away even what is surprises to the current uh, retreat attendees. So my first retreat was in 2019, Mm -hmm. and I live in central Illinois, and I decided to do it in Chicago um, because that's like a, you know, an airport hub. People can fly in from wherever, Um, and the first retreat was in 2019, and there was 10 people there, and Bailey came all the way from Canada, and we had people coming from Oregon and Washington and Texas and Virginia and all these different places and like that was really fucking cool to me and that first retreat we just stayed in an Airbnb people shared beds it was like a big summer party it was the funnest thing um I had a whole like itinerary planned we were gonna do hot seats for like two hours I was gonna teach a class we were gonna do all these different things um and it was an incredible experience and we ended up doing nothing on the itinerary except for the hot seats like we started the hot seats my plan was to do these like quick hot seats and it ended up being the entire three days that's all we did was like people had their own turns to sit in hot seats so 
real quick, I'll explain what hot seats are. You guys are familiar with masterminds. They're very typical in a mastermind format. But a hot seat is basically an intentional space held for the one person sitting in the hot seat, hence the name. And everybody in the room, which we do virtual hot seats inside of Soul Tribe, people can apply for those. We do one every month for a different member. But in-person hot seats are really special. Um, everybody in the room is focused on the one person in the hot seat and their intention of the hot seat. So it can be anything. The intention can be anything, but the thought behind it is like everyone is here to pour into that one person. The conversation is not going to bounce off and start to talk about other people. We're not going to get distracted and go somewhere else. I facilitate, I keep everybody on track, but it's a really powerful experience for that many people to care about your ideas and your struggles and what you're going through and pour into you in that um, setting. It's a really powerful practice. And so it turned up being all hot seats. So the next retreat, 2020 happened, we canceled that one, 20, um, and I guess it was 2022 was the last retreat, and that was in April. Um, and I knew we needed to do more hot seats. So I had a few of my friends and like fellow educators come in and they facilitated some hot seats. We broke them up into groups of four, four groups of eight. Um, and we did hot seats. We did, I mean, we had amazing meals together. Um, we, we did a lot of incredible stuff. Connections were formed. Girls, you know, had the best time. Everybody was in Chicago again. This retreat, um, each retreat, they kind of evolve a little bit. So the last two were like an evening, a full day, and a morning. And then this one we added an extra day because the feedback I got from everybody was it's not long enough. So it's going to be Tuesday evening is the welcome party, all day Wednesday, all day Thursday, and Friday morning is like the farewell brunch is how we set it up. So um, we have a lot of things planned. Um my friend Kristen Sozman, if you guys don't follow Kristen Sozman, I'm going to give her a big shout out. She was at the last retreat too. Um, she's in the industry. I met her through Thrivers Elite back when we were in that together. Um, and she does energy healing. And there's something about Kristen in person. Everybody sobs. We have massive breakthroughs. We talk about things you don't think we're going to talk about. It gets really deep. It's really beautiful. She does like Reiki, things like that. It's kind of woo. Um, so I'm bringing Kristen back. So Wednesday, we're going to do, Tuesday, we're going to do the welcome party. We're going to do like a speed dating icebreaker. So everybody has a chance to talk with everybody and get those connections started and get the jitters out, you know, uh, everybody get acquainted. And then Wednesday, we're going to go hard. Kristen's going to do an energy experience. Everybody's going to get headshots with the photographer. Um, we're going to have a videographer there getting footage. So just wait, there's going to be awesome footage of it. And then the second half of Wednesday, we have a private chef coming that's going to be cooking us all of our meals. It's going to be really cool. And this, the second half of Wednesday is all hot seats. Um, and then we have dinner and just like chill. And then Thursday, the first half of Thursday is all hot seats. So last year we did one full day of hot seats and it was exhausting. I mean, it was powerful. It was amazing, but it was taxing on our minds and like it was just a long long day so we're breaking up the hot seats into two days this year and then Thursday evening nobody knows this but after we break for lunch I have shuttle coming and we're all going to get on a Chicago architecture tour boat and we're all gonna like do an excursion together there's we 45 of us it's gonna be a fucking blast oh my gosh um, we're bringing a drone we're gonna have drone footage of it it's gonna be so much fun it's just like the best sleepover hangout experience of all time uh, and then we'll have dinner with the chef again and then we'll hang out that night and then uh Friday morning we're gonna have a farewell brunch there's obviously some like 
exercises and stuff that we're doing as well there with like our breakthroughs and how the experience went for everybody. And then we send everybody on their way with a plan from their hot seat because they, they ahead of time do homework to figure out what they want to talk about in their hot seat. So everyone goes home with a plan. Everyone goes home with 40 new best friends. Everyone goes home like hella inspired and poured into and loved up. And it's just the best experience. In the that whole is so rad. I love that. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. I'm do it. obsessed. <laughs> that sounds so much fun. I know. I've seen a lot of like retreats. Like Hair by Hunty posted a couple mm-hmm. days ago that he was at a retreat in California, and it just seemed so relaxing mm-hmm. while still being educating. Yeah. Like. Yeah, are incredible. Yeah, and I love like a uh, hair camp. They do mm-hmm. like it's a educational event but it's at it's you're camping you're in a yurt or whatever yeah. and then the classes are in like outdoor settings and nature Wait, it's that's a thing so much fun <laughs> yeah i want to go to hair camp well look it up it's a Shoot. lot of fun okay good yeah hopefully somebody from hair camp listens to this and right? brings you guys next year i know uh, please bring us to hair camp next year <laughs> please do uh um, retreats are really cool, and I, like, hate to say this, but also, like, it is education, so it is a packed right off yeah. and, like, I don't know, I have just always decided, since the first retreat I went to, back in 2018, actually, with Brixie Fund Driver Society, that was my first retreat experience, once I did that, I was like, oh, I have to do this at least every year, it's good for me, travel, mm-hmm. solo travel is good for me, getting out of mom mode, getting out of regular life mode, learning, and also just, like, Pampering myself and treating myself to just like silence and solitude and inspiration. If you guys have, if anybody listening has never done that or you two, like that has to be a priority to at least try something like that. And then once you do it, you're hooked and you're like, I need this to be the best version of me. Mm-hmm. Like I need to do this. I love that. Yeah. I, I do think I might need that. I think I do. Well, I hope that you're at the 2024 Soul right? Tribe yeah. retreat. Well. <laughs> there you go. 2024 you go. Stylist Soul Tribe retreat. Erica it. will be there. Um, <laughs> and let's, the last thing, let's go ahead and touch on the cycle of success. Yeah. And uh, since that's the original idea for the episode, mm-hmm. that's what inspired this all. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> take Isn't it away. Isn't that funny how the- a conversation for a second time we end up going in a million different directions we know know each other a little bit i know this is so it's more comfortable now it's like we're going a little bit deeper than we did the first episode anyway i wish there was a way we could release the other one too no one wants to watch that um okay so the cycle of success is a concept that i just came out with or i just released to the world in january of this year um it was born i want to say like August of last year, I remember uh, Alicia, my assistant, and I got an Airbnb here in my town, and we just spent the entire weekend just like brainstorming, thinking, planning, strategizing, like the whole entire year. So I introduced the cycle of success to her in August, that weekend in August, um, and then we kind of planned and brought it to life in January when we released the collective. So um, the cycle of success is kind of just what I have recognized is the path that I follow myself. Um, I have been since I've been like a grown adult focusing on my career. 
Um, and then I recognized that a lot of people in Soul Tribe after years of coaching were also going through a very similar cycle as well. Like you obviously, some people who just like are a little bit more of overachievers, I could recognize that they were like going through the cycle. And then you'd see some people would really get stuck at certain stages. And it just clicked and became clear to me. I call it a big magic idea. We'll get to that. Um, that that is like what a lot of people were experiencing. So it's a seven stage cycle. Um, if you ever go to my Instagram or anything like that, it does help to see like a picture version of it. But the first stage is mindset. I think that's the base. I think that's the foundation of everything. Even if you're way further in the cycle of success, if your mindset gets off, we always got to go back to that. I really um, believe in like the power of positive thinking, the power of mindset, all that jazz. Um, so that's stage one. And we do trainings inside of the collective around mindset and getting that in check. And then stage two is vision. I think it's really important for people to cast a clear vision of what they want because you can't hit a moving target. Like if you don't know what you're even working towards, you're probably not going to build anything super substantial because you have to see it clearly in order to build something really, you know, um, impressive in my opinion. So I'm super into like manifestation and vision boards and all that woo-woo stuff. I think it's fun. It lights me up. And then obviously I just shared, I think the importance of it as well. And then after mindset and vision, it does get a little bit like technical and structured. Um, and I think that everybody needs to figure out what their dream schedule is, because I think time is our most valuable resource. And it's the one thing that we can't get back. So um, I think anybody working in this industry who does not have their dream schedule, um, I would imagine at the end of their career would maybe look back and say, you know, I was in control that whole time. Why did I not make sure that I could work? you know, a schedule that I love and show up for my life how I want to. Um, and then after schedule is clientele, I think just like you should be working the times you want to be working. You should also be working with people that you enjoy and that light you up. I think your environment is very important. The energy around you is very important. After clientele is income, because obviously money is important. That's why we're all here. That comes last after those two things. But once you get those all ironed out, let's work on, you know, you earning more money, working less, making more, all those things, earning price increases, all of that. And then it moves into white space, um, which is what we're in actually right now while we're recording this is the white space stage, which I think is stillness, meditation, tapping into your intuition, getting quiet, you've really built your life um, where your schedule is how it should be, you're making great money, you're working with people you love, which gives you a lot of white space to just kind of think and dream bigger. And then after that is Big Magic, which stems from the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, that book really changed my life when I read it. Um, Soul Tribe is a big magic idea. The Cycle of Success is a big magic idea that I've had. We have a lot of Soul Tribe members that have brought incredible big magic ideas to life. Um, and I just think that that's kind of like the the path that I go through. And then once I've had a big magic idea and I kind of bring that to life, we got to go right back to mindset get ready to level up, figure out what's next, and then build up a vision and then keep kind of going through that cycle again and again. So that's the concept behind all of it. I love it. And I've been yeah. using your cycle of success on my, like in my career life myself now mm -hmm. that I know what it is. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. So now I can recognize mm -hmm. what this time is. I can plug this in here and then work towards this next thing. And so it's really inspired me in the last couple months learning how to plug things in and how to move it. I love what you said about uh, 
you can't hit a moving target. So knowing and visualizing, just having that graphic helps a lot. Mm -hmm. And we're going to insert it into the video on YouTube. So people who are watching on YouTube can actually see that. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. It gives you a visualization of what you already know. And it's Mm -hmm. some people can take it in their brains and visualize it themselves. But for me, it helps to have that photo or the graphic Mm. and have all of these things where I can physically plug it in and see where it's going. So I love that. Thank you for saying that. That means a lot for you to acknowledge because obviously this is a brain baby of mine. It's scary to put out there. I wonder if people are going to get it. I really love now that I'm actually coaching through it, getting the testimonials back, like, you told me to raise my prices. I did. It worked. Um, you know, you had me fire the clients that were literally draining my soul mm-hmm. and things were going so much better. And I took the white space and look at these ideas I had. Like, it's just so validating to me. My love language is words of affirmation. So hearing that people understand what I'm saying and I'm not just like blabbing and not making sense. <laughs> so much. Thank you for saying that. Seriously. Absolutely. And one last thing before you go, because I hear what you said about I told you to fire you told me to fire that client that didn't serve me anymore I want to touch on that as our advice segment this week it's not necessarily advice that we've pulled but advice that I just pulled from what you said when and we have about nine minutes left for this um so when would you say is a time to fire a client and when is a time that you shouldn't fire a client or maybe, you know, take that mirror and turn it on yourself. Mm. Okay. So I'm going to turn this slightly and I think we'll be, I'll keep it quick. You can tell I can talk fast. So what (laughs) I like to go through is a yes, no, maybe. I think if you have never done this, it is something that I came up with many years ago. I used in my own business for a while and I have people do it all the time. So I want you to take a piece of paper. I want you to write yes, maybe and no and then make three columns and I want you to go through your entire clientele list like Marie Kondo style holding up a piece of clothing does this spark joy I want you to ask yourself energetically does this client when I see their name on my book does it light me up they charge me up I'm pumped to do their hair I'm gonna end my day a better version of myself than doing their hair those are few and far between but we all have those special uniforms that we're like fuck yeah actually after this I'm, I'm doing my neighbor's hair and she already sent me a Starbucks gift card this morning and she's so pumped to spend the afternoon with me. Like those are the clients we love. And then you have the babies, which majority of your clients will fall into because it's business and not everybody's a special uniform. They don't need to be. Our clients don't need to go that above and beyond, you know? And then you have the nose. And I want you, and, and some people do yellow or red, yellow, and green, or I even even had a Soul Tribe member that needed to put orange in there because she couldn't put some people in red. So whatever you need to do, just energetically doing that exercise and see it. Do you have five no's? Do you have one no? Do you have 15 no's? Like, you can just get a really clear picture on your overall clientele and how it's serving you. Um, and then from there, if you only have one no, you can probably afford to fire one client. If you have five or 10 no's, you can't just fire all those clients. You can't. Um, and I get what you're saying, Hunter, with like, when do we need to hold a mirror up to ourselves? And I think that's a very important conversation too. But the way that I look at it is really just like energetic. And I just know that I wouldn't want somebody doing a service to me. Like I wouldn't want to go to get a facial tomorrow and have my esthetician look at her schedule and be like, 
oh, police officers come again. If you feel that way about clients, that's not good for you. Like, it's not, doesn't mean that the client did anything wrong or there's anything wrong with you. Some people just don't energetically, like, like, charge each other up. And that is completely okay. So as long as you can afford and you have enough new client requests coming in, you have a steady enough clientele, I wouldn't tell you to just fire 15 clients because they annoy you. Um, but I think doing that exercise makes you kind of behave different. If you need to reschedule, you maybe give the greens a little bit more leeway and the reds a little bit less just because it's a different energetic exchange. And I think that that's really important inside of business because that's like where you're spending majority of your time, you know? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, I do think some people like it's a mindset thing. Some people are more energetically sensitive or whatever, you know? Um, I think I have, had clients where I'm like, whew, that one's heavy. Like I need to just, I'm going to need a minute after that. And it's not what the person says, what the person does, what necessarily, you know, I mean, sometimes they come in and trauma dump on you and that's heavy, but like, um, sometimes it just is, it's just like, it's work to communicate with this person because you're not energetically on the same place, you know? And who's a writer for you, Erica, maybe a green for somebody else. And And I think for both of you that's exactly what I was getting at is like especially if you work in an environment like we do I might just be like you know what I think this person is better suited for so-and-so or whatever because it's not necessarily like they're a bad client it's just like I don't think that we vibe I don't think we're gonna gonna get anywhere yeah (laughs) totally like like that definitely is a thing you know and then obviously there's times where stylists are or clients are a pain in the butt or, or whatever, you know, but Hey, you know what? Some people like those pain in the butt clients. They look at it as a challenge, you know what I mean? So they might be better energetically suited with that person, mm-hmm. you know, or they're not a pain in the butt time, or maybe some adults just need to learn if enough stylists aren't going to do their hair, that they should stop behaving certain ways, you know? Well, yeah. Yes. That is also true. That's, that is that a is valid way point. More eloquently way <laughs> put way of saying what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Lisa, so much again for spending another hour with us. I, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, if people want to fo- follow you on your social media journey, where can they find you? Yeah, I would say Instagram is probably the best place. Lisa Hopper, um, at Lisa Hopper, at Silas Soul Tribe. I also have a page for that as well. Um, I run both of those. I'm just a little bit more active on at Lisa Hopper. So mm-hmm. um, feel free to DM me or tag me if you guys listen to this and anything resonated with you. That is the best place to find me. Awesome. Alrighty. Sounds good. Thank you again, Lisa. Yes. And if Thank you, you want to. F- I appreciate it. Of course. Uh, and if you want to follow us on our social media journeys, I am at Herrick Hunter on all the things. I'm Erica the Redhead on all the things. And our podcast is at Break Room Banter Pod on all the things. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. You've got the bell notification turned mm-hmm. on. You listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can subscribe to our Patreon channel, which is <laughs> www.patreon.com forward slash Pod. And once again, we do not promise anything from our Patreon. It's just a support for us so that we can continue to grow this beautiful podcast. Mm-hmm. Until next time, remember... You always have a seat at our table. Bye. Bye.